welcome to the Zombie Girls Horror Podcast. Today, we are going to be reviewing a couple of movies that have ruined food for me forever, so thanks for that. (laughs) Splinter and The Bay. To join me in breaking down these movies and probably laughing at my misery are hailing from the Pacific Northwest, Ariel. Hey. The person I'm going to need to give me a lot of therapy after watching these movies, Matilda. Hello. <laughs> and the woman responsible for all of this this time around, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> so, do you hate me, though? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that the food food horror was your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know the thing is parasites and food horror. <laughs> Well, you know what's really funny was I I was going to pick, I was actually going to pick Splinter and this movie called Bite, but I could not remember the name of Bite for for my life. So I'm like, uh, Splinter and the Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Like I had seen most of this movie before many, many years ago, because I think we reviewed it on the Splattercast and I thought I remembered it, but I had blocked it out. <laughs> so we were watching it. I was like, I would like to leave my body now. Goodbye, cruel world. <laughs> Much to yours and Kat's delight, because we did a group watch of this one. And, uh, it was pretty funny. Yeah, There was a lot of very aggressive meme and gift usage in that chat. I felt very attacked. <laughs> when I sent you that up close picture of the whale lice and you're like, I'm out, I'm dead. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I quit the podcast. I quit life. I don't want to live on a planet with those. <laughs> oh. Okay, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. All right. Before all right. we do all that, how have you guys been? What have you guys been up to? Ariel, what's going on in your weird neighborhood? Cat or Sarah, you said you had a story for us. Let's get into this shit. All right, so for me, since uh, we're actually recording on the 4th of July, so last America. night, so got a three-day weekend, and uh, the wife and I, mainly the wife, decided to do um, some really, like, deep cleaning kind of stuff, right? So we completely, like, took everything out from under our bed, under uh, out, from, out from our bedroom closet, had totally stripped our bed. She stacked everything up on the, up on our bed. So last night we realized at about 8.30 or so that it was still all on our bed and we didn't really have a place to sleep. So <laughs> oh, no. This so, is also how I clean, by the way. I'm like, yeah. start a project. Uh, squirrel! <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, well, it was Pokemon Community Day, so we well, were out most of the day chasing Pokemon. But, um... Yeah, so anyway. So you were cleaning up the streets of Pokemon, is what you're saying. <laughs> May not have cleaned off your bed, but the streets were clean. We we called my folks and we're like, hey, can we crash in your guest room tonight? They're yeah, like, yeah, sure, come on over. So as we're getting ready to head over, uh, we live in a cul-de-sac and somebody was setting off fireworks. And like, there's a little lawn area that separates us from the sidewalk. And they had put, they, they were like shooting them off on the sidewalk and they were going up on the lawn. And so Kat starts watering the front down. She sends me out to the back to go water that area. So I'm like watering our fence and the redwood tree that's like next to next to us and the roof and stuff. And I feel all of a sudden my neck feels tight. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, and no. I kind of moved and I'm like, what is that? No. And I, I put my hand back and I feel this lump. And I'm like, <gasps> oh no! my God, what is that? 
So I flick the lump, and I've got with my left hand, and I've no. got the hose no. in my right hand, no. and it's a June bug. Which, uh, if you're not familiar with a June bug, they're like the bumblebee of beetles. Yeah, they're big, they're pretty, they're slow, and they're dumb. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Slightly less upsetting. Slightly less upsetting. It, it's like the no, they're horrible. Snake they're the horrible. In- yeah, oh, they're horrible. yeah. It's just you know. It, I mean, they, 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 they look kind of terrifying as, and, you know, they, they make this buzzy noise mm-hmm. when they fly, but like, they're just totally harmless. Okay. But I flicked it and it lands in my ear. <gasps> oh my God. And so <laughs> I am here with a hose in one hand and, and my other hand spraying my ear and flicking with my hand trying to get this <laughs> thing off. <laughs> like the whole... My whole right side is just soaked because I'm trying to get this damn thing off. Flailing and screaming, fuck, fuck, get it off. Cat, ah, fuck. <laughs> Where is the video of this? Where so is co- the I, video? I, 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 come, I come around to the front of the apartment, uh, the apartment and, sh- and I'm like, babe, babe, check my head. Check my hair. Is it in there? She's, she's like, what? I'm like a June bug. There was a June bug on me. And she touches my head. She's like, why are you wet? And then realizes it and just starts laughing. <laughs> Sarah, I hope it's okay that I'm picturing this with like yakety sax playing in the background. <laughs> hey, I do share a birthday with Benny Hill. <laughs> there you go. The legacy is complete. <laughs> oh my God. That's both hilarious and absolutely fucking horrifying. <laughs> Like, finding a bug on your neck and then it going in your ear is pretty much why I don't sleep. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. I'm glad you survived, but I wish I had seen it. (laughs) I'm I'm sure it was funny. I'm sure it really was. Why is your hair wet? (laughs) I can totally picture cat saying that. Oh God! All right. Well, thank you for your sacrifice and sharing that story on the show. <laughs> All right, Ariel. How about you? Any weirdo stories from? The- I know that you've been getting sexy texts again. Yeah, I mean that's the majority of what has happened. The frat guys are still frat guying around, and I'm uh-huh. still getting these bizarre group text messages that North- basically North- inviting me to sexy one? times. No. Didn't you, oh my. Did, you, did you click on the link? Sarah what, what? No, did. I clicked on the Sarah link. Sarah did. Oh, Sarah I, I did, clicked on the link. I did it from my link. computer. That's where we got that, like, that, that big window that says, hello, this is a private chat. <laughs> oh, so it's a private... Okay, so if you had responded to it, like, you had to be in it to get a to get through the firewall? I guess I so. Think so. I yeah, and then, because I then tried to Google image search that screen that Sarah got, and I didn't get anything. That's so weird. I'm always so nervous to click on the link, you know? I mean, the last one said hunting online dating playmate dude. I I don't know if I want to click on that link. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the hunting is a little concerning. I'm not going to lie. That is a slightly red flag. So this is the first time. Okay, so if you're not a patron, you're not on the Discord, you did not see any of this play out. But, like, this is the first time we got a screenshot of what these sexy texts look like. And we learned that it's not like just directly to you, but there's like 20 people in a group chat. Oh yeah. Sometimes there's hundreds. It just depends. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. There was a reason <laughs> why this morning I got up and the first thing I did was started when, when I, when we got back to the house was start 
running antivirus and and registry cleaners <laughs> and all kinds of stuff on my computer Smart. to like you know just just you know give it a good wipe down after going to that site. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Do a ni- nice sweep on good the old precaution computer. to take. Uh-huh. Just like yes. privacy sweeps and yeah, it's just. I'm just so curious, like, how you ended up on this list. Like, it has to be a geographical thing. Yeah. I I mean, I'm guessing Matilda's right about that. It probably is. I just don't know how it happened. And I also don't know how to make it stop. (laughs) So (laughs) they just they just keep coming. I feel like there's some. (laughs) You know how there are some neighborhoods with like HOA rules? Yeah. Um, I feel like in the fine print of your lease. It's like the H stands for horny. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness, Ariel. It's just so yeah. funny because the law of attraction for you is just weird shit. Yeah, I know. And I don't I don't know what it is about me because I feel like I'm weird, but maybe not in that way. So I don't know why I get all this bizarre energy. Coming Weirder at me things all the time. happen to you in lockdown than happen in my regular ass life. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see, even have to leave your house and weird <laughs> shit is happening to you. Mm-hmm. I know, like, keep Portland weird, but this feels extreme. Right? <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah. Somebody make it stop. <laughs> no, I'd be happy don't, to Because I'm normal. so delighted by your stories. <laughs> Everything from your horny text to your, like, Donald Duckin' at neighbors. Uh, I, I, I need it all. I need it all. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, you're just going to have to take this one for the team, right? (laughs) I just need to invest in some eyeball wash or something. (laughs) Forever unclean. (laughs) All right, cool. Sounds like we've had an eventful couple of weeks. Let's talk about what we've been watching. Starting with you, Ariel. What have you been putting in your eyeballs? I mean, aside from dirty text messages from (laughs) Okay. So a few episodes back, Rachel and I talked about watching the first couple episodes of the show Clarice. I'm really surprised to see this on your list. Did you return? Yeah, I did. Dude, there's so much out there. What are you doing with your life? Because I I have this problem with mysteries. I can't let it go. I got to watch to the end, you know? (laughs) I needed to know what was going to happen. So I watched all 13 episodes. Oh, my God. The show is over now. Thank God. Is that that your review? The show is over now? (laughs) So it never really became what I wanted it to become. But I will say there were some interesting things. Like there's a kind of crazy serial killer plot line towards the end. And uh, you have some kind of interesting things that happen to the woman who Buffalo Bill held that Clarice saved. So Mm -hmm. there are some positives to it. But yeah, you're not going to get what you want. If you really want her profiling super complicated serial killers and maybe pulling things out of dead bodies, like that's not what this show really is. I just wanted her not constantly insulting my fucking intelligence. And that was definitely not what I got for the first few episodes. Mm. I was like, oh, you think I'm real dumb. Yeah. You think I'm a straight up dumbass. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. So that part doesn't totally change. But the reason I wanted to talk about it is because towards the end of the season, they brought on a trans character uh, played by a trans actor, Jen Richards. 
And what they attempted to do was basically kind of try and deal with the bad stuff that they did in Silence of the Lambs. Oh. So essentially, yeah. So what the show did was they presented sort of all of these newspaper articles and news reports that villainized Buffalo Bill by connecting him to being trans and how that negatively affected her life in reality. Um, And she has a conversation with Clarice trying to get Clarice to understand where she's coming from and how hurtful some of the things she said was and how she never came out and said, no, this is just like a serial killer. That's the problem here. Right. Mm-hmm. And I do like what this. I thought, what's that? <clears throat> I, said, I do like this. This is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And Clarice kind of has to reckon with that. But I thought what was really interesting is she doesn't sort of just completely outright apologize. They She goes through the stuff where she doesn't totally understand where Jen is coming from, which I think would be the reality, especially in the early 1990s, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the mm-hmm. cool thing that they did then was she becomes part of the show for three episodes. She has a three-episode arc, and she is an integral part of them catching a serial, like the biggest serial killer of the season and sort of unraveling this big lot to kind of destroy Clarice and and everybody so she gets a really good character arc and she's a complete character she has a home life and a wife and a career so I think that they tried to do a good job with that given sort of the very valid complaints that people have with the original movie yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so I really appreciated that and I think it might be worth watching just for that alone But I do also recognize that I could have a blind spot, you know, where I'm not part of that community and perhaps I'm not seeing ways in which they didn't get it right. But it seemed like they were attempting to do something really good. And I enjoyed the character a lot, which I think says something. That's great. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That that makes me almost want to watch those three episodes. Yeah. Yeah. She's really good. I would be very curious to see her in other things because she was really good in this show. Nice. Okay, and then the other thing I watched was the movie Till Death. Has anybody else seen this one? No, no but yet. I'm very curious about it. I, I expected this to be garbage, and then the reviews came out, and they were, like, pretty good. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I was a little concerned that maybe it wouldn't be great either, but it ended up, I thought, being really, really fun. So, basically, okay. this stars Megan Fox, and it's about a woman who is celebrating her anniversary. Her and her husband go to this remote lakeside house in the middle of winter and they have their sort of anniversary they go to bed she wakes up the next morning and things happen she ends up handcuffed to her dead husband and then has to promise yeah and then she has to try to survive things that happen to her while she is chained to her dead husband I don't want to give anything away because I think the plot points that happen are really fun, but I really enjoyed this one. I think it's a very tight thriller. It's really enjoyable. It's quick paced. Megan Fox, I think, was pretty terrific in it. She's really fun to watch. They actually, instead of using a dummy for the husband, used a stunt actor. So she is actually pulling a grown man around. Whoa. And so it all looks really good because of that. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's... There's a lot of cool action. There's fun gore. One of the things I really enjoyed about it is I know this is a complaint that we often have with thrillers and and movies like this where in order for the plot to keep going, 
the main character has to continuously make terrible decisions one yeah. after another. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't happen here. I mean, there may be some places where you're like, oh, I would have done this differently. But the choices that she makes all make sense. And okay. she's a very capable person. And so it makes it more fun to watch her sort of overcome obstacle after obstacle. Yeah. So nice. I would I would highly recommend this one. I think it was a really good time. Nice. All right. Cool. I think I'm going to watch that tonight. Yeah, mm-hmm. do it. All right. Cool. Awesome. All right. How about you, Matilda? What have you been watching? Oh, well, I've been watching a couple of things that I heard about on More Deadly. Um, that Good I was show. Really looking forward to. Uh, Good show. You're the ones are pretty smart. Uh, <laughs> insights. Yeah. Uh, there were two that I was really, there was one I was super excited about seeing, which was St. Maud, which was fabulous, as I expected it was going to be. Oh, good. And then the other one that you and Ariel had said, like, I want you, I want you to watch this was Violation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I cannot stop thinking about this movie. Yeah. I'm so glad you liked it. Because it's also a hard recommend. You know what I mean? Like for you, it was easy to recommend, but it's it's a hard (laughs) one to give to like other, like to the normies. You've seen it. You know the content. Like it is not an easy sell, but I feel like it's, it's a worthy watch. Yes. It reminded me a lot, I don't want to, I don't think this is a spoiler. It reminded me a lot of a book that I, one of my favorite books um, by a, a, an author named Natsuo Carino, who wrote a book called Out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that book has a lot of the same content. Really? Or some of the same oh. content. Um, Holy shit. That's a book then. That is a book. Yeah. I, re- I If you liked this, I really recommend that book. Okay. Awesome. Liked. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting word to use. It's hard to say I that, mean, but it's I can't correct, stop thinking about it. Yeah. But it's also, you know, you're like, ooh, God. I remember I, I watched it, I, like, in the same room as someone else, but I was watching it on my laptop while they were doing something else, and it felt <laughs> very strange to be in the room with another person I watching that bet. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Especially certain scenes certain in the movie. Scenes. I have not seen on film before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. Have you seen this yet, Sarah? No. It's on Shudder. It is Actually, I think you'd be fine with it. Yeah, I think you'd I think you would. So it is a it is technically a rape revenge film, but also not really and the reason that the content is challenging is not the usual reason that rape revenge is challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be very curious to know what you think of it, Sarah. Okay. It is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> yeah, I would be curious too, because this movie goes places and does things that I've never seen before and yeah. caught me completely off guard. And I just want more people to see it so we can talk about it with more people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a confronting mm-hmm. film. Yeah, it sure is. It is a meticulous film. <laughs> yes, there are movies that um, oriented use uh, the fantastical <laughs> or the uh, fantasy or the slightly surreal to get you away from things. This mm-hmm. film does not do that. Oh, no, it is unflinching. And it makes you realize how much you're spared yeah. yeah, most of the time. That's um, a really good point. Yeah, yeah, I really, I thought it was so well done. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. 
Um, and then the other thing that I've been watching, which is a little different, was um, I spent the weekend with my dad last weekend, and he in his house oh, like God. doesn't have any oh, streaming God. services right now. Okay, oh, so we were at the mercy of his DVD collection. Okay, uh, so <laughs> I watched a lot of Italian cinema from the sixties. Uh huh. <laughs> that sounds kind of great, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does, that that does it? I mean. <laughs> My dad leans into his Italianness in like very particular ways, and I think okay. this is one of them. Um, so it 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 was really great and really interesting. And also, I was like, you know, I I see the cultural sexism. There it is. There it is. Uh, um, yeah. But uh, the one movie that I wanted to recommend out of that was um, a movie that um, was part of an anthology called Boccaccio Seventy. Okay. Which yeah. was made in 1962. Um, and it's the, the English version is The Temptation of Dr. Antonio. And it's a Fellini movie. It's about 45 minutes long, an hour long. Um, and the joke is very much on the guy. Oh, nice. In this movie. And it is not exactly horror, but the level of monstrous feminine Mm, okay in this movie it features like an 80 foot tall anita ekberg coming off a billboard and like tormenting a little religious man between her boobs that's kind of phenomenal (laughs) it's pretty great sounds awesome it's pretty great if i i was saying if i had seen this when i was like 12 or 13 i would have been pretty interested in this content sure um Uh, it's, it's really, really great. And it, um, it makes fun of prudishness in a way that is very great. And in this Fellini, like very surreal, there's like nuns and really elaborate outfits, drama, like wandering through this thing. It's, I totally recommend it if you can find it. Wow. I love your version of father daughter bonding. I know. (laughs) so great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw I saw Liquid Sky at a family reunion for the first time, right? Like, I know. I saw oh my uh, god, your family's amazing. With this side of the family. So, yeah, and then uh the other thing I wanted to uh plug was yeah, the- <laughs> I there. was the Plug It Up podcast which Ariel turned so me on to and it's yeah. so good. I've been like binging that and cannot wait every time i see a new one in my little itunes i'm like yes i know i know it is really good they do very insightful reviews and they're charming and funny too they're really good Mm -hmm. yes and menstruation horror is always a favorite of mine yeah and yeah and they they've said that they're going to be doing monstrous motherhood too so i'm very curious about that because that's another subgenre that i'm very interested in yes very (laughs) much so yeah, but I okay, totally yeah. recommend Plug It Up. As someone who, like, collected vintage menstrual ads <laughs> for many, many years, uh, this is very up my alley. So, uh, so oh, choice oh, of mer- words. Mer- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it for me. All right, Sarah, what have you been watching? All right. So uh, actually, because of... Um, Plug it, of the Plug It Up podcast. Ended up watching the uh, Ginger Snaps trilogy. Nice. Oh, yeah. And, How is yeah. that? Uh, the first one is still a lot of fun. Absolute sure. classic. The second one, a little predictable, but still actually pretty decent movie. The third one, fucking skip it. 
Okay, really? good to That's know. That's the time travel one, right? <laughs> yeah, this is the time travel one. It's it's bad. Oh it's bad. no! Like, you know, yeah. It, oh. <laughs> 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 the patent Sarah disappointment side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Rachel, you should just watch it because, like, Wigcock will have a stroke. Oh, oh, that could be fun. You I mean, need to Wigcock live stream. Kind that of one. thrives on on the like wig cop rage. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, <laughs> it comes a lot. You know, it's like a yeah. Doctor Jekyll, like, Mister Hyde thing. Like, it's like, like, a, like Doctor like, Wig like Cop wants out. <laughs> like they put so many bump it extensions in Catherine Isabel's hair. Oh dear! You know that you know that really big like monster Muppet. It looks like she's got that thing sitting on her head. Oh, Sweetums. Yeah. Yes. Oh, like at, at one at it. one point, one of there's a close up on one of the guys, and he's got this like, I I don't even know how to describe it. It's like he's got this wig on, and you can actually see his hair, his real hair, like sticking out from underneath it. <laughs> this sounds amazing. I feel like I need to do a rundown of like the worst wigs in horror. Oh my god, you totally oh, should. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So you need to like I could do like a, a wig cop blotter. Yes. <laughs> yes, I would yes. love that. That is our next feature page. Oh my yes. yes, yes. <laughs> Do not tempt me. <laughs> I like it that you're saying you get energy from it, like, um, like in one of the movies we talk about where they incorporate pieces of someone and like to become more powerful. I feel like that's your wig cop. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> and sidebar, Sarah, I want to make sure that you know that the bump it was invented in Fresno. Yes, I do. Oh, okay. weird. Yeah. So it's now Fresno is now famous for two things: Sarah and the bump it. <laughs> and the bump it. <laughs> uh, no, no. Excellent. Excellent. Three, three, three things. If you're uh, if you're a sports fan, Derek Carr. Yes, he is my favorite sports ball player that I've definitely heard of before. Right? Yes, now. <laughs> I totally know who that is. Well, you I liked it when he did that thing where it is. got the He's... points. That was really good. <laughs> um, anyway, the wife dragged me to her book club, and it turns out that they're actually like a nice bunch of ladies. So uh, this past month, I ended up reading uh, Radium Girls by Kate Moore. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. So not what we read in our book club is weird. No, 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 no. This this is like this I, this this book's really interesting because it, it brings it really brings the human face to a horrible horrible tragedy. Mm. And like I mean, there's times that you that you are so just pissed off yeah. that from reading it, you want to throw the book against the wall, but you want to keep reading it to find out what happens because. Even though, like, I've heard this story in, like, different podcasts and stuff, mm-hmm. like, finding the, seeing the, like, the more of the human face and actually seeing, like, some of the pictures of, of these women, you know, like, like, company photos and that kind of thing. It's just, it, it's amazing. And if you don't know what Radiant, what Radium Girls are, in the, in the early part of the, the 20th century, Radium was considered, like, this, you know, new miracle cure-all thing. Like, there were Radium Tonics. They used to take radium powder and use it to uh, make like illuminated uh, watch dials. Right. So uh, the industry really blew up in during like World War One and World War Two. But they were, ha- but like they used to let these girls like like these the radium would stick to these girls because it's just you know fine microscopic powder and stick mm. to these to these women. A lot of them were like sixteen, seventeen, you know. 
year old year old girls that were working in these factories and they would like glow walking down the street their clothes would glow their skin would glow at night like oh like you know a decade later after they they exhume after this one girl's death they exhume her body and her fucking skeleton is glowing <gasps> oh it's so awful yeah and so it's awful. about like how how they kind of opened up and expanded through this through basically their body like the radium destroying their body from the inside out how they were able to uh basically fight the system wow. and get some safety measures put in place and you know it i mean it's it's an interest it's a really interesting story and yeah, it it's like a really great horrible like you know one woman's sitting there and she had been kind of sick and her teeth had been kind of hurting her and it's easter sunday and she's getting ready to uh to sit down with her family and she had been kind of she'd been ill for a while the uh, priest is there and he's giving her her communion wafer and out pops a piece of her jawbone oh my god yeah oh, holy like, shit it's yeah and i mean it's it's and and things are gonna piss you off like you know the, the the company is like oh yeah these these women that used to work for us they're just being hysterical the doctors they're just they're pushing the the, the doctors that are saying that there's a problem they're just pushing their their the, the 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 women's hysteria for their own agenda but radium's perfectly fine girls it's okay go in fact we'll show you here come here let me paint let me paint your face with it wow mm. yeah so yeah. that one that one was definitely a good read and then. The other thing I we, we I watched was uh, Fear Street, nineteen ninety four, the on Netflix, which is oh, the first yeah. part of the mm-hmm. trilogy. Yeah, yeah. How Dude, is this? That was that was so much fun. It's very fun. It oh, good. Is. Like, I mean, the soundtrack's fucking awesome. Which I mean, the budget on the soundtrack alone, I'm like, are Netflix is just throwing money at shit. Every right? two, like every two minutes, it's another just banger from your youth, just like back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> oh, that's really it, cool. It starts off with closer. Yeah, it just, you yeah. know, it's it better from this goes from there. It's like yes, fuck yeah. And you yeah. know what's really nice is it's nice that it was in the '90s, and I'm looking forward to the next one being in like the mm-hmm. late '70s. And Kim mm-hmm. is like. Uh, a friend of mine said it best like the, the 80s is so overdone can we just yeah. move on yeah you know i yeah 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 i'm like loving this 1990s nostalgia that's happening now mm-hmm. this whole area era of that that we're moving into and i know it's probably just because you know the m- people who are making all the 80s stuff grew up in the 80s and now the people like the next generation is coming up and they're all ki- 90s kids so right. like those that nostalgia you know is is yeah. present in their films but i as a 90s kid i am so here for it between yeah. this and what was the thing you recommended to me cool cruel, cruel summer, summer. Mm-hmm. which is oh. whatever but what's <laughs> fun about it is like it's told over three period three years in the 90s and watching the 90s fashion evolve it's pretty maybe fun my and favorite part of it like yeah. watching the kind of like nerdy girl turn into a riot girl over like the series it's kevin smith's daughter turns into a riot oh, girl yeah, yeah uh-huh and she's like very courtney love styled by the third year like he always knows yeah. she looks like courtney love it's year 1994 or whatever the uh-huh. three years. <laughs> well um, i mean it's it's like i was i i know the show wasn't amazing but right i loved everything sucks I loved oh, everything. Yeah. Sucks. I, I thought it was pretty amazing. When they said they weren't going to do a second season, yeah, 
Me too. I mean, like all the marginalized kids that were like, it's kind of like a freaks and geeks thing. Like it just like came yeah. towards time, maybe mm-hmm. or well, something. Not I only that, know. but that's another one too that it's like, you know, I mean, the soundtrack. It wasn't just yeah, they had a big thing with you know with Wonderwall in there, but it wasn't just like Oasis, Nirvana. It was fucking Velocity Girl. It was the Breeders. It was you yeah, know, it, like all these you know yeah. I mean, like I I like literally was like oh my god oh my god oh my god when they were playing Velocity Girl in there because I was just like mm-hmm. you never hear them in a nineties thing. No, I really hope they got paid well for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Let's take a little break and then we'll be back and we're going to be talking about some less fun things. (laughs) Parasites. (laughs) Poor Rachel. (laughs) All right. And we're back. Now, before we get into these reviews, though, we need to throw out our spoiler warning. So, Sarah, please tell us what what is our spoiler policy here at the Zombie Girls? Our spoiler policy is we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Yeah. (laughs) If you're spoiler sensitive pause watch movies (laughs) return pretty much i'm kind of surprised we haven't already spoiled it so we're ahead of the game we got the spoiler warning out in front of the spoilers for once so that's good that's good (laughs) now sarah you were the selector of these films this time this was a sarah inspiration tell me what made you decide to go this route uh well for one thing there are two movies that we have talked about repeatedly on other casts and mm-hmm. you know like hey you really need to see this movie and usually ariel and matilda go yeah well you haven't seen that yet but it sounds good no. <laughs> and we're like no no no, you gotta see it you gotta see it so it turned out to be my turn it turned out to be you know the, the timing was was just kind of perfect and uh, uh as i said earlier i was thinking splinter and the movie bite but i couldn't mm-hmm. remember the name of of the movie bite so I was like, Splitter in the bay. <laughs> Completely ruining seafood for you was just a bonus. I know. I know. You know how like I eat sushi like multiple times a week. No. <laughs> this sounds really hard for me. <laughs> but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. All right. Let's start with Splinter. Now, this is the first time we have ever re-reviewed a movie. So this should be fun. This we originally reviewed like the first year of the podcast so many many years ago like i mean to the point where like i'm the only podcast host still on the show like that's how old to go so like it was (laughs) was, yeah it was time to revisit it it was time to revisit it so that's why i was like oh wait we've done this and i was like but have we though (laughs) i don't think we have done this so so yes i'm excited to revisit this uh this classic here all right so splinter let me tell you a little bit about this movie it was directed by Toby Wilkins, who is a British director, and this actually marks his feature film debut. He followed this with The Grudge 3, uh, but since oh. then he hasn't made any more movies. He's been doing primarily TV and did some episodes of Teen Wolf and The Absentia for Prime, which is not great, but Ariel, uh, Ariel, I feel like you would like it because it's very mysterious. <laughs> I have watched every episode of it. <laughs> oh, okay. there we go. So prior to directing, he worked in visual effects, uh, which is an expertise that he definitely brought to this film. The special effects in this are amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie started out though a little bit differently than what we ended up seeing because. He was, and I read in an interview with 
Dread Central that he got this script called Tooth and Nail. And it was sort of the format where it was like a siege film, right? Which, of course, is something he's like pretty big John Carpenter fan. So he likes a good siege movie. You know, what is that? Uh, Precinct? Uh, assault on mm-hmm. that's the one yes um but and this was kind of his opportunity to blend that with the thing uh he had had this idea of a parasite in his head for years and so he was able to kind of like mold those two ideas together to create this new script so he, like even though he is not credited as the writer on this like he did kind of co-write by introducing this parasite idea um okay so the movie itself was shot in oklahoma city over four weeks in an abandoned gas station the production designer had to come in and like basically fully remodel the inside of this and all of the the products and stuff that are inside because this is like a super little like low budgety movie what were donated by local businesses oh that's interesting Hmm. right yeah yeah the creature effects in the movies are almost all practical except Mm -hmm. for like a couple of shots where they had to use cgi not because they were trying to get a specific look but because it was unsafe for the stunt people because like of rigging things like that Mm -hmm. i think they did some like cgi compositing but all of those like weird shapes that this thing makes all of that stuff was done practically wow so the splinters growing that's all practical yes they use it looks fantastic but that's amazing yeah, they use this stuff called ferrofluid, which you can look oh, up. Oh, uh-huh. Yes, which is that this, makes sense. It's this um, fluid that has nanoparticles in it that are magnetic. Mm, and right. so they can make it react with magnets and with different um, frequencies to make it do different things. And so that's how they were able to create this effect. And that is it, so cool. To really good effect, I yeah. think. Yeah. 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 So they also brought in a mime and gymnast to create some of the, like, jerky, unnatural movements for the people who have been infected with this thing. Uh And they had this weird suit that was, like, two-sided so that, like, when they... They they would have the actor flip over so that they were able to bend limbs in different directions, but it still looked like it was facing you. Creepy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. So he said it would flip in one direction and they'd be wearing the suit with the face facing one direction and then they would land and flip onto the other position and the suit would be reversed. Um, I don't know if you can tell in the movie because the way we shot it but and the way we edit it but we thought we wanted these movements we wanted that for how the movements were going to be executed. But apparently the suit was like super hot and they shot this in the middle of summer and it was over 100 degrees outside of the suit yeah oh shit yeah oh yeah so while this movie was not a huge commercial success at the time it was a huge hit with critics and on the festival circuit it won six awards at the screamfest horror film festival for best editing score special effects makeup and direct directing and best picture it was also a nominee for best horror film at the saturn 35th annual saturn awards which apparently it lost to Hellboy 2, the Golden Army. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Um, it was also <laughs> nominated uh, by, in Spike TV. Remember Spike TV? Yes. That's still a thing, is it? I don't think so. No, uh, uh, Spike time. TV actually became the Paramount Network. Oh, oh, okay. Well, back when it was Spike TV in 2009, it was nominated for Most Memorable Mutilation for the arm removal scene. Mm. Yeah. But it lost, to, and this is some bullshit, it lost to Saw 5's Pendulum Trap. What? Mm. Not even one of the best traps. 
Yeah. And I know this because I've seen every Saw movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've got on the background of this movie. Um, Matilda, would you give us the synopsis? Sure. Um, so, like you said, this is a movie from 2008 directed by Toby Wilkins. And it stars Jill Wagner, Paolo Costano, Shay Wiggum, and Rachel Kerbs. So the synopsis is, a young yuppie couple on a failed camping trip are carjacked and taken hostage by an escaped convict and his drug-addled girlfriend. The four get a flat tire after running over a splintery creature in the road and take cover at an abandoned gas station nearby. After the girlfriend returns from the bathroom in a very different state, the remaining three Uh. must defend the gas station and themselves against a mysterious force from outside. Content warning in this movie for body horror and patronizing nicknames. <laughs> what were the patronizing nicknames? I'm blanking. Firecracker. Oh, yeah. right. Firecracker. <laughs> that is quite painful. And again, appropriate for today. What the hell? <laughs> fucking on theme See, who says we don't know what the hell we're doing on the song? We know what we're doing. <laughs> Accidentally. But it still can't. Awesome. Okay, cool. So I'm going to start with you, Sarah, since you were the selector of this film. Give me your review of Splinter. Oh, man, I really like this film. Yeah. there's. I mean, there's some things that, that you're like, really? Why? But, you know, we'll get to those in, in just a minute. But yeah, like, I forgot how, how much fun this movie is, how gory this movie is. Yeah. Uh, I love the creature effects, especially, like, the guy's fingers crawling across the floor. Yeah, and, you know, I know. The, the person that gets ripped in half, and you just, you know, just how, like, ooey and gooey and, like, elongated it, it all was. And just, oh, I mean, all of it is just really super cool. Uh-huh. Um, and I was, I actually had a good chuckle during the movie because I have a coworker that looks exactly like Paulo Castano in that movie. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the, 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 the close cropped little fro, the beard, the glasses. Yeah. Awesome. Um how about how about you, Matilda? What did you think? Was this this a first watch? It was you? not, no, I've seen this before. Okay. Um and I okay. liked it both times. Um but this time through, gosh, I just really appreciated the gore. Oh yeah, uh, especially the um, the sheriff getting that snap, yes. yeah, snap, oh, that snap at the end of her splatters. viscera so was, is like totally mm-hmm. worth the price of admission in this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that you say that that's a contortionist mm-hmm. or like a mime gymnast in that suit, I can totally see it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever talked about. I went to a live, the last live haunted house I went to. Uh, there was definitely a circus artist as one of the actors because they cra- oh, they like crab walked underneath me. Oh, oh wow! No. Oh, oh no. yeah, yeah. Um, no, I used no, no, to. No. I worked on a haunted house, and we had a guy who who used to be a gymnast. And what he would do is we we had like a funeral home thing set up, and we had like uh like the the crematoriums mm-hmm. and the 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 ovens set up, and uh, he would sit in the shadows. And um, he was done all burned up and he would crawl across like on his hands and just like dragging his legs behind him all like limber. Yes. And grab people's ankles as they went by. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. That'd be terrifying. No. Oh, yeah. Why is crab walking is the scariest kind of walking? Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was very effective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. But no, I love this movie. And I think 
you know, it's, I wasn't sure how it was going to hold up the second time through. Cause the first time yeah. I saw it, I thought, yeah, okay. Yes, that was great. But, um, but it really holds up. How about you, Miss Ariel? Yeah, I really love this movie too. I saw it, I think when it first came out and I thought it was great then. And yeah, I was surprised too how good it still looks. And I think that speaks to the effective practical effects they used because it doesn't look like crappy early 2000s CGI, right? Yeah. Which sometimes can be like a bummer when you go back and watch those movies. Mm-hmm. And I just love that it's a simple monster movie at its core. Mm-hmm. And we don't always get a lot of those that are just like really simple and really fun, but they're always a blast to watch. So I appreciate that. And of course the body horror is amazing in this movie. Like Matilda was saying that sheriff being ripped in half is great. There's a scene where the drug addled girlfriend, as you described her, slams <laughs> mm-hmm. her head against the glass room oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. blood just starts spurting everywhere. That's great. There's also a scene where that is super tense, and I love this, where they're trying to get the walkie-talkie by reaching through mm-hmm. this little glass partition to grab it. And then the sort of zombie person outside reaches their hand through, and their skin rips off their forearm as they do it, uh, and then finally yeah. their arm breaks off. Oh, it's so gross and so good. And I think part of what makes it so great is obviously the practical effects, but then it's combined with a great sound design because those broken bones sound great. And the weird sort of chittery sound that the splinters make as they're growing is really cool and kind of gets under your skin. It's very effective. Under your skin. I see what you did there. I love when it gets a little campy too, like when Sarah was saying that the hand going across the floor. Mm -hmm. I almost wish they had played that up more because I think that is both creepy but also really fun. Yeah, I just, this movie is a blast to watch and it's a simple concept, but it is, it works so well because you have so much fun watching it, but you're also really grossed out. There's a scene where, they have to try to cut off this dude's arm and they're sawing through it and it's not working and they're not going to be able to get through the bone. And he finally has to smash <laughs> it with a cinder block and the arm just kind of like pops off. Oh, so gross. So good. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Ugh, I'll leave my body. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. And the pendulum bullshit one. No, 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 no. No, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. No. unacceptable. My one sort of complaint about it would be that there is a lot of shaky cam in this, and some of it mm. I think was unnecessary because the effects look so good. I feel like they didn't need to be as shaky as they were. Also, and I don't know if this is just me, but the guy who played Seth, I think you said his name was Paulo Constanzo. Mm-hmm. He, I thought, was a little bit un- insufferable at times. Oh, <laughs> like I just yeah. kind of wanted to punch him yeah. in the face. And he does this thing where like half of his acting is just him looking with this stupid confused look on his face with his mouth open like a fucking fish and i just want i was so annoying don't don't let your coworker hear this part of the podcast (laughs) (laughs) i felt like uh he and the other male character in this uh movie were fighting for were like two different kinds of masculinity both of which were fucking insufferable yeah right one of them is like the deeply intellectual like you know form of, of masculinity the other yeah. one is like you know the the you know you know super tough mass form of masculinity but like yeah they're just both 
<laughs> yeah, but like all defenses and like, I bet you don't know that I have a code of ethics. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not attractive at all. Very gross. Definitely. Yeah, because I was. It's not turning anyone on. Nope. Rachel and her problematic. Nope. I don't. I was just like, set the forest fire. God damn it. Set the forest fire. What is this ice shit? Set the forest fire. Yep. Very unattractive. I know, hearing your sort of evolution over Discord as we were watching it, as you were getting, like, more and more into the bad guy, was very funny. Okay, <laughs> her in the face, not quite as attractive. Yeah, um, I mean, then he won me right back. It, it, was, you know, it was an up and down, but I mean, it's like all great love stories, right? You know, dips and highs and lows. And... Oh, jeez. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so my memory, this also, obviously I saw it because we reviewed it once before. My memory of this was that it was a really fun monster movie with a a unique and terrifying monster and some cool practical effects. And you know what? It totally held up. It totally held up to my memory. And I was a little nervous going into it because I Mm -hmm. had kind of a really high opinion of this movie. Like it was kind of to me one of those like hidden gems a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes when you revisit those a decade plus later, they're not going to hold up. They're not going to, and you're going to kind of like, it wasn't as good as I remembered. So I was very happy to see that that was not the case because I think for one thing, it has kind of a timeless premise, right? Like a siege movie, small cast, one location, those things tend to age okay Mm -hmm. and then also the use of the practical effects versus something that was like cgi really helps because even if the effects age they age in a way that gives them a degree of charm rather than you find yourself just sort of rolling your eyes at how cheesy the cgi is right right yeah Yeah. exactly that being said i still think this looks pretty fantastic i think the use of that ferro fluid was genius and i'm kind of surprised it's not more of a thing yeah, if they can do all of those really cool shapes with it and have it transform like that, it seems like you could use that in a lot of ways in horror. Right? Yeah. And But I don't really feel like we've, we've seen, I've maybe seen it a couple of other times, but mm-hmm. not to the degree that you would think. Um, yeah. Which is great because when you go back and watch this, it still feels sure like pretty original. Yeah, uh, I agree with you guys. Although that the effects are really fun and gooey and gross, you guys talked about the police getting ripped apart. I remember the part where the police officer came back together. Oh, <laughs> yes. and the, like strings connect yes. and pull her torso oh, back together. I was like, yes. oh my god, I forgot this... about that. That hurt so good. Oh, it's so gross, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved. It. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty stripped down, simple kind of story with pretty stripped down, simple archetype type of characters. Definitely one of them is not attractive. Um, Also, the (laughs) other one is not attractive. (laughs) It also doesn't hurt that he's played by Shay Wingham, I think is how you pronounce it, who is pretty much always a yes for me, regardless Uh of what role he's in. So... I mean, in my defense, right? Okay. When I'm defenseless. No, there's no defending me. I, I understand that. I, I accept that about myself. <laughs> also, oh God, anything parasite is always going to freak me out. And yeah. this thing is both parasitic and extremely aggressive, which makes it my worst fucking nightmare. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I have deep germ and infection anxiety already. And this movie does, no matter how jaded I get, 
it will still freak me out. And this movie does a really good job of capitalizing on that. So it works on that level as well. I think the body, you guys are talking about the body horror being really great. The one thing we didn't talk about was bones breaking. Like when his arm breaks backwards yes. out of nowhere. Oh Sounds so God. gross. Uh-huh. Oh, it it's, it's such yeah. a surprise when it happens to you. Mm-hmm. Like it comes out of fucking nowhere. All of a sudden his arm just snaps backwards. That was... We saw a lot of gross, ooey-gooey things. Even though that was technically bloodless, the sound design and just the grotesque look of that arm going backwards, just, oh my god. Aside from the actual removal of the arm, to me, that was the thing that bothered me the most. In a good way. Like, in a good way. (laughs) To be fair, my one criticism is that I know we all don't like Dennis and he's not attractive, but at least there's some character him whereas. And I believed that he was a real thing that exists Mm -hmm. in nature, as opposed to, like, the absurdity of the other characters. I mean, for one thing, the girl, she is nothing beyond an archetype. Like, she doesn't, that is not a person that exists in life. No. And the nerdy scientist with this way too hot girlfriend who goes, like, all, no, no, Mm no, no. It it felt very male fantasy in a very boring, outdated kind of way. And maybe that's the way that this movie really didn't hasn't aged as well like there is kind of an incel fantasy yeah. here with her just like flooding her basement because he's talking about trees give me a break dude <laughs> right they do nothing to make him appealing and even his intelligence isn't really shown that much i mean him just knowing a few facts about trees is bullshit like that doesn't tell me that he's smart and can work his way out of problems right and he doesn't really in this movie no i mean most of the problem solving stuff is done by other people <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that is my my one yeah. real issue with the movie. But other than that, I mean, this is just, like, a really solid creature feature. And it makes you realize that no matter how many of these movies out there are out there, there's still opportunities for really unique, fun creature features to break through. And I, I want more monster movies, I mm-hmm. think, as a result of this. Because, like, I think... The modern trend, and I really like it, are tends to be emotionally expensive. We're right. really it's all about trauma and like really deep grief right. and existential fear that is based on like systemic or like true existential crisis. Like with you know things like we'll get into with the Bay, where it's like climate change horror. Sometimes you just want a very self-contained little monster movie, and sometimes I kind of just kind of just want my dessert and i think yeah. that, that's what this yeah. movie is it like requires it, very little of you very yeah. little just, i mean you just can sit down and have some fun and that's yeah. it yeah, yeah there's no thinking about where the monster came from there's no real reveal of it so right it's just it's, just it's unnecessary there. yeah it doesn't yeah. matter yeah it really made me want more simple monster movies that that have practical effects right yes. because what you were talking about with that fluid and the way that that looks in this i feel like that's the kind of thing that is done so much in cgi and it looks dated like 2 months after yes. it's done right so it's just, yeah, it's fun just a to joy see. to watch yeah. yeah yeah definitely this is a fun one if so, for some reason this has flown below your radar you should seek out this movie yeah it's really really fun i it, did it, i think it's on streaming service what was it's it? on amazon prime right it now is. there uh-huh. we go Yes, it's on Amazon Prime, so it's easy to get your eyeballs on it. This is an absolute crowd pleaser. Yeah, definitely. You, and you can find the weirdos in your group by the ones who keep eating while you watch it. 
exposed. <laughs> I know you seemed very horrified when I said I was eating chips and guacamole while we were watching the bay. That is fucking wild. <laughs> that is a sickness. We need to get you into the doctor's <laughs> office. <laughs> Yeah, for those listeners who have never experienced watching a movie with Rachel, if you're watching a horror movie and it's time to eat dinner, you got to watch something else while you're eating. (laughs) (laughs) That's the rule. (laughs) Food and horror, never the two shall meet. I don't have a lot of rules. They include, but they're mostly food related. (laughs) I mean. Is that is that weird that I am I the weird no, one? No, I think it's endearing. <gasps> I, I I was actually gonna pay somebody to watch to watch to eat sushi and watch the bay. <laughs> I'm not sure if I could do that. Like, you never be able to eat sushi again, even if you did manage to get it down. It's ruined forever. <laughs> it's already kind of ruined. Like I ate sushi the other day and I was like, huh? <laughs> what? Huh? When we get to the bay, I'll tell you a story. Oh, okay. Do I want to know it? <laughs> I eat a lot of seafood. <laughs> Do I want to know it? So everybody would recommend thumbs up? Oh, yes. yes. Highly yes. recommend. Definitely. All right. I guess there's no more procrastinating I can do. Can't put it off any longer. <laughs> we must face our fears. Let's talk about the bay. Okay. <laughs> Ariel. You want me to tell you about the bay? (laughs) No, but I think our listeners do, and I'm willing to take one for the team. All right. So the bay, surprisingly, was directed by Barry Levinson. And if that name is familiar, it's because he's a prolific writer, producer, and director who directed movies like Good Morning Vietnam, Diner, Disclosure, a million other things. And he also won a Best Director Oscar for Rain Man. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then he made the bay. (laughs) So, okay. So he was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, and felt pretty strongly about what was happening in the Chesapeake Bay. And he was approached to actually make a documentary about Chesapeake Bay and the fact that 40% of it is dead. So what that means is that there are dead zones in the body of water where animal and plant life can't survive or be sustained because of a lack of oxygen. Shit. Yeah. So while he was doing research into this topic, he discovered that Frontline had already done a really great documentary about this and nobody really paid attention to it. So he didn't decide he didn't want to make a documentary. Instead, he started to think about how he could tell a story that people would see and remember. And so I remember it. So at the time that the movie was being released, he said in interviews that the Chesapeake Bay was continuing to decline. And so he wanted to make a movie that would both entertain and inform people. Mm -hmm. And he claims that, and this is going to bother you, Rachel, about 85% of the movie is factually accurate. Goodbye. (laughs) I give up. Headphones off. I give up. Fuck. So, for instance, he said that isopods have actually moved from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic, but they actually aren't in the Chesapeake Bay yet And at the time that the movie was made. And then also, one of the other things that's factually accurate is that when it rains in that area, there is runoff from all of the poultry farms. So chicken poop and pesticides end up in the Chesapeake Bay when that happens. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
It premiered in 2012 at the Toronto International Film Festival. It got mostly positive reviews at the time. It was made for about $2 million, but it only made 1.6 at the U.S. box office. And that's what I got. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, it's hard to recommend. You know what I mean? Like, who do you inflict this movie on with your friends? Word of mouth must have been tricky with this one. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> because it is grueling. If you have any food horror sensitivities, like, this is your exorcist this is your song right this is your serbian film okay like... yeah you mean that wasn't poultrygeist <laughs> the talking hamburger i'll never forget i'll never forget. why did it have teeth yeah it's also just surprising that such a big director went in this direction he said that he was thinking about how if the disaster at pompeii happened today it would there would be a ton of video footage of it because everybody has cameras and their security cameras everywhere and so that's why he decided to make it found footage mm. and i think that that also can sometimes maybe make it harder to watch because it does feel more real well i mean in all the news clips at the beginning and stuff that's all stuff that has really happened right right is that right mm. yeah like right. you know like yeah, uh, up in Michigan, that's that's why, like, Alex Jones' big thing with the frog is because, like, oh, in God. Michigan, like, the lakes were so polluted that, like, frogs were dying off in mass, and those that were surviving Oof. had, like, legs grown out their backs. and Oh, shit. And, yeah, I mean, just weird, weird, bizarre shit. I didn't and, realize like, that. That's like, the, the, the massive birds that's happened a couple times. Or, yeah. Like, really big tornadoes where right. birds just fall from the sky dead. You know, just, yeah, it's, there's... Well, I know that there's, like, a problem where there's, like, mass die-off of birds because there's been a mass die-off of insects, and the birds are just starving and falling out of the sky. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, Jesus, what are we doing um, to this planet? Well, okay, I mean, like, on a a fairly micro scale, I knew someone who lived in the Monterey area, and they got bit by a brown recluse. Ew, gross. No. Mm -mm. and, And so, um... Fumigators came to look at their house, said, no. you know what? We found out that there's, you know, you have a mild infestation. Well, no, they, no, because, no. because they burrow in corners, you can't just spray, right? You basically Oof. have to paint on the stuff to get rid of them. So he had no. to leave his house for like a week while they like painted no. all the seams mm-hmm. and corners of his house with this, with this insecticide. No. For about two weeks after that, birds would fly over his house and drop dead. Oh, wow, shit. that's crazy. Yeah. I don't like that. Diatomaceous earth, people. Right. <laughs> right? That's, that No, every every time like we move, cat is cat is there we're we're both there with the diatomaceous earth. <laughs> uh, like like it, it's like death by a thousand paper cuts for bugs. For bugs. It cuts yeah. their But um, your cats can breathe it in and they feed it to cows and stuff, so it's it's food safe. Yeah, it's like food safe. It's sa- very oh, safe. Are to- my cats? No, it won't hurt your mm-hmm. cats. That's why you can use it for fleas. Yeah, it works by, mm-hmm. um, like, kind of, like Sarah was saying, like, a thousand paper cuts in the exoskeleton. They basically dehydrate Ew. and die. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Ew, everything is so upsetting. And I then you vacuum it up and it's done, and you don't have to use all these harsh chemicals. And it's not pesticide. So. Yeah. 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 What is the pesticide? I, I want a eternal sunshine in my life. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Everything about this conversation is upsetting. Sorry, Wait till sorry. I tell you why I don't eat seafood. Oh, no. Oh, Are you going to no. ruin crab for me? No, actually, I still, I, I like crab. I like lobster. I I like the occasional salmon. I love shrimp. But growing up as a kid, I grew up on the coast. So, um. Oh, right. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I literally grew up where, like, when people were like, oh, the fish is fresh. I'm like, it's not still flopping when I buy it, so it's not fresh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in the in the late 80s, there was a gillworm infestation. No, oh, so, uh-huh. no, and no, so, like, no, you know, these no, parasites no, are attaching no. themselves into, into fish gills and then crawling in. And so, like, you know, we'd, we'd go fishing and it's like, you'd look and check the gills. No, no, it looks okay. And then you cut open the meat and there's parasites all in the meat. And it's like, oh, no, shit. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I, I fucking hate it. <laughs> God, I want to die. Oh, Rachel. I'm sorry. <laughs> the first line of my notes is, fuck this movie, I want to die. <laughs> well, I- I've told you this before about the whale tick. So not only do they have little, like, spikes on the edge of their feet where they dig into the to the whale flesh, mm-hmm. but their belly actually has these corkscrew, like, like uh, tentacles no. that no. Bur- that corkscrew into the whale. No. Oh, and that's no. why that nope. second picture I showed you where there's, like, pockets cut out of the whale flesh... That's nope. from them burrowing in. Nature is so weird. That is I want to projectile weird. vomit on this microphone. <laughs> so um, before we discovered that there was a My Sweet Audrina movie and that that's what we were going to do for our extended episode, I had suggested to Rachel, what if I look up all these weird uh, parasites and then tell you guys about them? And she was just like, nope. no, no. <laughs> Ignorance <don't> so. <laughs> is bliss. <laughs> It's bliss, my friends. <laughs> oh, this why lie is lies madness. <laughs> I was, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'm not hungry anymore. I've been starving <laughs> okay. through this entire podcast, and I'm good now. I'm solid. <laughs> There's no parasites in this here or Coke Zero, so I'm good. It's my life now. <laughs> well, you know, one of those things about having a having a father as a park ranger is, you know, every time a dead whale would wash up on the beach, hey, let's go check it out. Come on, you know. The Marine Lab's oh. dissecting it today. Let's go. Let's go see. Uh-huh. And you know, like I said, when you know, growing up, I had a I had a big mason jar full of full of uh, whale lice. Mm-hmm. My dad had a <laughs> sample that he'd use in classrooms that was whale flesh. Our childhoods were so different. <laughs> I had <laughs> I had a gym in the holograms. Had a, had, a, had a sea otter. Had a had a sea lion skull. Had oh, a, wow. a sea otter pelt. Which actually were property of of the state of California. I didn't know it at the time. They were just you know chilling in my room until my dad had to use them for in classroom training, you know stuff. Gotcha. Mm, interesting. But, yeah, I grew I, I grew up very differently with like, nature. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> it's like hey, this like three, this this two thousand pound sea turtle washed up. You want to you know we 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 buried it six months ago. We're gonna go dig it up. Want to help? Sure. <laughs> No wonder you're like, yeah, bring on the gory ass fucking horror right, movies because right. like you've been desensitized. From yes. Birth. <laughs> okay. Well, let me put it to you this way: with well, the first time I saw, I saw a Friday the Thirteenth movie. I was three. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were living in a in a house in a in a cabin in the woods on a road called Rat Hill. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's an experience, <laughs> right? Okay, well, uh, Sarah, let's turn it over to you. Do you want me what to do the synopsis? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes. I'm so out of my mind now. Like, I've left my body. <laughs> okay, we'll get you back. Like, take over. We'll get you back. <laughs> okay. Matilda, lay it on me. Okay. Uh, so, The Bay, like you said, is 2012, directed by Barry Levinson. And the plot is, in the seaside town of Claridge in Chesapeake Bay, a young reporter, Donna, played by Cather Donahue, watches as Fourth of July celebrations descend into chaos. Dozens of citizens fall ill with mysterious lesions. A crab-eating contest turns into a projectile vomiting contest. And the local hospital Hmm. becomes overwhelmed. A desperate ER doctor contacts local authorities and the CDC to no avail. Meanwhile, the mayor and other officials maintain their line that everything is perfectly safe. And Rachel never ate sushi again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so traumatized. It's not even funny. (laughs) Okay. Sarah, what did you think of this movie? Dude, I love this movie. This movie's great. I mean, it's just like like every everything about it. Like you know, it starts off with the parade. You're like, you know, sitting there with a, a minor human, in, you know, what are the human interest stories for the holiday when nobody's really watching the news? Mm-hmm. And it, then it's like, oh well, there was a murder. Oh wait, there's been another murder. Oh my god, there's this thing going on. Right. Yeah. And then you know, especially the way it starts with that woman, like. You know, help, help, somebody call an ambulance. And she's just covered in boils, these oozing boils. And it's like, I mean, me, because I'm just that person when somebody's like, help, help. I'm like, okay, what do you need? What can I do? I may have run up on her and gone, ooh, she's covered in boils. I'm going to stand back. But I would have been like, okay, let's, let's sit you down. Let's call you an ambulance. Let's, let's, let's get you some help. And it's just like everybody just standing there watching this woman, like, run down the parade strip just like help call my husband it's just and, you know she's like throwing up on herself she's covered in boils to me like that is like that that initial scene is like the worst part of the movie uh-huh just that that helplessness right right yeah yeah because at that point they don't even know that there's some kind of outbreak and yet everybody gets freaked out and nobody helps her yeah yeah it's crazy yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm I'm just thinking of all the horrible things there, and I'm like, is that the most horrible? <laughs> I don't know. It's all sliding I said, scale. I said for me. I said for me. <laughs> yeah, I that's mean, fair. <laughs> I mean, no, that, I mean, that, it, that, that, that as you're saying it, towards the end is pretty bad too. <laughs> <sighs> okay. All right. Uh, okay. Matilda, uh, <laughs> what did you think of this movie? <laughs> Uh, so this was a first watch for me and Rachel. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, this is my dessert. This movie. Oh God! Oh, God. Um, it turns out, um, like medical gross out body horror is always a favorite of mine. But mm-hmm. this was great. This was like a summer romp. This was like piranha. Look who you married. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably, this is where I'm dead inside, I think. Because um, I was like, show us the lesions. Like, um, <laughs> and, you know, I v- eat very little meat, which probably helps with this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with this yeah. type yeah. of yeah. horror. Yeah. Um, but it had everything it was like a fun summer thing but it was also full of like corrupt authority uh it was full of like wasps who are pretending like nothing is going on when the world is crumbling that scene where the girl is on the phone with her friend yeah and wants to show what's going on like all of that stuff 
great. And even the like, uh, even when we get to the critters, I was super into it. So I really, really loved the body horror in this mm-hmm. movie. I do think that if Barry Levinson wanted to make an impact that was different than a documentary, I think this made an impact. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yes. Agreed. Oh, oh, very, very that. Yeah, this definitely <laughs> made an impact. And it, you know, kind of has like a little bit of a Jaws feeling to yes. it um, yes. Yes. that I liked. Yeah, I thought it was really, really well done. But it was like, in the same way that I think, Rachel, you're on the couch kind of like curling into your body, like get me off this planet. Yes. I'm like, my eyes are getting big within like big hearts in my eyes. Like, yes. <laughs> I love you, Matilda. <laughs> I fucking love you. As the lesions are coming, I'm like, show it again. So. <laughs> when they were like showing the people in the gurneys and they just had the open lesions that were just like eating away and they were like having to hack off legs, I was like, oh, she's in heaven. I, yes. She's an absolute. Yeah, they would show the guy's leg and it's just nothing but like meat hanging off the bone. Exactly. Oh, yes. Yes. If we were not in a group watch, I would have been like, pause, rewind, pause, rewind. <laughs> like, I, pa- I want to see all of the, I want to just get taken in every piece of that so scene. Funny. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what yeah. I loved it. Nice, nice. So, uh, as I said, my opening line is, fuck this movie, I want to die. But what that means is, it's really well done. Mm-hmm. So, was I having the best time ever? No, I was not. I mean, it helped watching it with you girls. Like, that part was the best time ever. Until certain photos were put into the group. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that, though. Very mean gift. Yeah, and, and, and at one point during the chat, like Rachel's soul literally left her body. It was kind of cool. It, <laughs> I know. Like you can you can tell the moment in her text when everything just went. Psh. Yeah, cat's <laughs> like I think we just broke Rachel, <laughs> and then the pictures kept coming. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna. Re- Are you killing me? I'm not gonna resurrect. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it was really fun. And like as much as it was a hard watch for me, for sure, I can't help but admire how well crafted it is. Like the body horror is A plus. The the way that it evolves and it starts with all of these scenes of people getting splashed with water and stuff is so ominous. You know, when you're watching it, it's just like the most like joyful in a different context, like the most joyful, like americana mm-hmm. kind of footage that you can imagine but knowing where this is going it's the most sinister and horrifying and you're watching a train wreck in real time kind of experience and the inner like as they're like intercutting between these different stories and you're getting like the scientists who are discovering it on the boat and their evolution of learning it and then there's people who are catching fish and getting attacked by these things mm-hmm. All of that mixed together, it's cut in such a way, it really does create a very effective and full narrative that being able to do all those things, it allowed us to stay away from really absurd kind of exposition dumps, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. you're getting a scientist, you're getting the medical aspect, you're getting the human aspect, you're getting this outsider perspective of someone, like you're watching their human experience as this unfolds. And all of those things come together to create like a really like complete package of this absolute fucking nightmare and so i can't help but admire the craftsmanship of this movie even though it was very hard for me to watch 
very upsetting because it is parasite whore and food whore all in one i was shook <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean so is um uh hoodies you think about it yes and that first the early parts of that movie are very hard for me to watch <laughs> but is it just... if it were not for like my love of eddie we would probably have not gone there and then i ended up liking it the second time through but it's food but it's also stuff. water right isn't it yeah 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 pools for me no ocean thank you <laughs> <laughs> i want something that's just like 98 percent chemical so i know i'm good but yeah, I, I remember there was kind of like this backlash when this first came out that it was like kind of preachy and because it was like his environmental horror. And I think that since 2012, we've we've been through a lot yes. <laughs> as a people, mm-hmm. as a culture, as a, as a globe. We have been through a lot. And I think the way we feel about environmental horror is very different today than it was then, especially now that you know we're having summers that make you feel like you're on mars and we just went through a global pandemic we're still in the midst of a global pandemic that are caused essentially by wet markets right and this is about factory farming to some degree Mm -hmm. and i i think what really comes down to is that this is a movie that was very much before its time i think to now now there is an audience who's ready to have this kind of has a different kind of life experience. And if you want to have your life experience um, reflected in horror, I think that this, um, because it's. Yeah, well, because you had like, you did have environmental horror, especially mm-hmm. like in the seventies, but you had like Grizzly, Piranha, you right. had uh, Ticks, you know, all these like, you know, like basically like infestation horror. Uh-huh. And Kingdom then, of like, the Spiders. The worm ones. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But. So they're 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 a lot more goofy cheeseball-y than than this one. Yeah. This one is not cheat. This one does never never winks at the audience. No. Never winks. No, it wants you to take it very seriously, I think. And I did. Oh, I did. <laughs> I mean, like there were there were like little jokes like when she's like, oh, "Why sure. didn't anybody tell me my pants were that tight?" Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think there's ever any like camp. Like No. No. No, this isn't Piranha 3D. Definitely not. And the depictions of what this thing does is so horrifying with the cut eating of the tongue and stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. There was one that was two meters <laughs> long trying to burrow into a submarine. Right. And you want to talk about I... like psychoanalytic horror that like tongue burrow? Oh, uh-huh. oh yeah. Great. So I probably fall a little bit in between the two camps here. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. As disturbed as Rachel things like that don't tend to bother me as much but the parasites under the skin thing is one that does creep me out more than most things do like i'm not somebody who's afraid of bugs or anything but the parasites inside your body um, which is why pregnancy creeps me the fuck out (laughs) sure i can totally understand that (laughs) um so this movie worked for me because of that and because it does have this sort of hyper realistic feel through most of it it it, i've definitely felt my anxiety level rising through the movie where i'm just getting like more and more creeped out but not in a way where i hated it i was still having a good time i don't know if that makes sense like it it never creeped Mm -hmm. me out to the level where i was just like oh my god i can't do this anymore you know um But yeah, I really liked the realistic stuff. I think Matilda said one of the things that was so interesting about it was that they did show 
the bureaucracy and how yes, that yes, worked. Yes. I yes, really liked yes. that you saw the mayor trying to cover things up and not wanting to close stores and businesses mm -hmm. and that there was this sort of realistic breakdown of bureaucracy and the, the CDC was moving at a snail's pace when people were dying every two seconds, you know, and it was spreading like wildfire. So I thought sort of the ineptitude of all of these people in power felt <laughs> very familiar mm -hmm. after a pandemic yes. or during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just think that showing all these news reports and cell phone footage and security cameras, all of these different ways that they showed us or interviews directly with the um, documentary people, it, it was a clever way to make it feel more real so that you kind of get lost in the fact that this maybe really happened, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, that definitely made the creep factor higher. Then mm -hmm. if, like Sarah was saying, it had been something like Piranha 3D that's just more fun. Obviously, I think the body horror is excellent. I mean, the isopods chewing their way out of people nope. was... <laughs> yeah. No, no. And they're giant at this point, not little tiny things, was pretty great. I mean, it's creepy as hell and definitely made my skin crawl, but it's really good. Oh my and, god, I uh, practically had like a foam finger out like, <laughs> like, yes! Yes! number one it just it looks so gross and gnarly they did a really good job making it look real and just mm -hmm. absolutely disgusting it was really good anyways yeah i just thought this movie was in a weird way pretty fun even though it disgusted me as well <laughs> i think it kind of walks this fine balance at least for me obviously for rachel maybe it leaned more to the disgusted side of the scale but i think there was so much cool interesting stuff happening and all of these different people's experiences like when you're hearing the reporter after everything is said and done talking to the documentary crew I just thought it was really interesting. And even though you don't get to know anybody really well, I feel like you kind of care about the people you do see, like the journalist and the doctor. Um, so, yeah, I really like this one. Nice. 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 I do think it would be hard to recommend to certain people, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Blanket yeah. recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> this is why your Norway friends think you're the weird one, dude. Right, right. <laughs> This is this is gonna be uh, what was the one you recommend? Oh, uh, possessor, possessor all over again. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think there are definitely people that like. I mean, like like me, I love creature features. I love you know when nature attacks, yeah, kind of thing, uh, kind of movies. So like this was like right up my alley, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the, I would definitely recommend it to everybody. But like I can already hear you know people now in the groups. Oh, it's preachy liberal. You know, global warming bullshit. Yeah, whatever. Eh. Why are they putting messages in my horror films? Like, have you not seen horror movies from since, like, you know, oh, the dawn of time? Yeah, I mean, there are <laughs> the messages in all horror movies. They're just not all great. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, horror is is a really good way to explore societal issues of the time. Yeah. I mean, like. Like, I mean, I've, I know I've mentioned before that, like, you know, uh, horror films of the, like, late 30s, of, like, the 40s tended to shy away from, like, the, you know, gory because a lot of soldiers were coming home maimed and mutilated mm. from the war. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, like, it, it, I mean, all the things that, that we've seen or tackle in the guise of, you know, a slashing good time is just. But, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it, I think it makes sense that eco horror is sort of the next big thing because, like you were saying, we sort of have these different decades in horror where they were touching on different things that were monstrous, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, like nuclear weapons creating, you know, giant ants or whatever that in the fifties. It's whatever we're freaked out about ends up in horror, and I definitely think it makes sense that we're seeing more and more of this. And maybe Rachel, you're right that this was just a few years ahead of mm-hmm. its time. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, have we really not moved past the time where eco stuff is, is like, oh, propaganda? Like, have we yeah. not experienced enough of, like, the reality of that that we can kind of get somewhat on the same consensus that, like, the, this is at A least problem? an untapped, inv- <laughs> like, opportunity yeah. for horror stories? Yes. Like, even if you, because we're, like, seeing some real life effects, like, I feel like this is an untapped horror market. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. What kind of a uh, environmental horror movie do you think we need next? Oh, good question. Wonder if you could do something with wildfires. I was or thinking like, the same thing. Like, if you or if everything's burned down, like what happens to the wildlife in the aftermath? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And I yeah, think like I... food chain stuff is real eco horror, right? Like, I think that's also really. I know Rachel doesn't yes. want to watch. Well, that, I mean, but... I mean, think about no, but yeah, think about think about one of the places that uh, got hit hardest in the pandemic: meat processing yeah. plants. Uh... Yeah, I mean, because like I know, like my grandma used to work at, at Foster Farms. Mm-hmm. They're elbow to elbow. Yikes! I'm trying to remember what the movie was a few years ago that I made it halfway through. That was a German. It was like a queer horror movie from Germany. Yeah, and the guy you works like... in a meat processing plant and i never made it through partly because of that because i think that the meat horror is really meat horror is, is it really auto hard up with dead people is it what auto up with dead people no um it was some like it's maybe two to three years old all right so any other thoughts on the bay before we give our recommendations and wrap it up no Mm-mm. yes <laughs> it is a very well done effect. This kind of subject matter, it gets gets to you. You're, you're this is the one. This is the one. Yeah. I would give it a cautious recommend. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Cautious. I mean, honestly, here's <laughs> the thing: as much as I suffered through it, I kind of want to recommend it to other people. Yeah, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's one of those I know, ones because it's and it I want under your skin, and also because it's. You know, sometimes you find those movies that you kind of want to inflict on other people. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kind of want to inflict this on others. And it's also, like, a good movie. It's also well done. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but I think it would be fun to hear other people's reactions, too. Right? made friends watch it. Yeah. yeah. Like, nobody's going to be like, meh. You know what right. I mean? They're either, they're going to have a feelings. Feelings will be felt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether they're foam finger feelings or I want to die feelings. <laughs> Fingers feel, feelings will be felt. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So speaking of feelings, if you have some feelings and you want to share those feelings, we'd like to hear those feelings. You can email us at Rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can come chat with us on the Facebook page. Fortunately, this time we also one of our listeners had feelings about something and they sent oh. us a really fun letter. Awesome. Yes, this is a good one. Now, this, I read a little bit of this tomorrow's already because this one comes from our good buddy Doug, who you may remember as the creator of the Zombie Girls anthology film. 
Oh, awesome. oh, yes. oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, Doug is back. <laughs> he is back with a vengeance. And he has some more ideas for us. The stylist episode of More Deadly gave me an idea. Okay, so you and Rachel were joking around uh, on More Deadly, uh, the stylist episode, about Ariel setting up an OnlyFans account to appeal to fanatical foot fans. <laughs> I, I don't remember this. I don't know what you're talking about. Certainly <laughs> what nothing I would talk about. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I stand by it. Like you need a side hustle, right? Like yeah, that's true. you've got you've already got the feet. You're just you're just like walking around on money. Like come on. Get it out there. Get it out to the get them out to the world. All right. Well, this bit of humor he thinks I'm joking. Um, gave me an idea of how everybody at Zombie Girls headquarters could make a cool bazillion dollars. All right, let's hear bazillion it. dollar idea, you guys. All right, <laughs> these do not come along every day. Do not take this lightly. All right, I see it like this: Ariel's Footapalooza channel. <laughs> Film the footage of Ariel's lovely toes, toes and soles in a variety of settings, from nail painting and pampering. To walking around the neighborhood. 100% solid moneymaker. All right. So this is <laughs> the base of our pyramid in okay. which all other channels, like this sounds pretty basic, but what you're missing that Doug has clued into is all the spinoff potential. Okay. Okay. So after Ariel's Footapalooza channel, he says, and then Mars's Reactions channel. <laughs> <laughs> A reaction channel where Mars reacts in horror to each new aerial video, cringing <laughs> on screen. Double the profits. But oh wait. God, that is, wait, that is so funny, though, because I remember saying to Rachel one time that I really like Mars a lot, but I feel like we could never be best friends because I like to wear sandals too much. Yeah, that would be a problem for her. <laughs> like, she has kind of like, you know, my misophonia with people eating. She has that for people in in like sh- in footwear like if you uh-huh. have a footwear where you could hear the foot separate from the shoe <laughs> she gonna have a problem Dude, i yeah. am in sandals I, I i have a couple years back i bought a pair of croc flip-flops and those are like best shoe i have yeah this, <laughs> i mean I, my house shoes as anyone who's been to my house knows yeah. i like always have these pink crocs on because they're just so nice for house shoes do i wear them in the world no i do not but in my own home, where I am queen, I'm uh, about a, a, a croc situation. But I will say that being friends with Mars means knowing that when she comes over, you have to at least have socks on. Okay. Do you happen to yeah. know how That's she just... feels about the, like, five-finger Vibram shoes? Those must be pretty tough for her, because those are, like, ex- uh, those are explicit. She does not approve. Yeah. Does what, about not the, approve. what about the socks with the in- individual toes? Not are... not a fan. Very a fan. strong right. feeling. It is the food horror of shoes. For so her. I can't wear my Birkenstocks and rainbow toe socks <laughs> to her house. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why I would suggest not wearing those, but Mars's distaste is, is amongst them. <laughs> but we'll move on. Then, wait, there's more, much more. You can follow that with matilda's academy channel oh yes matilda could put her psycho psychologist classes on and uh, talk about the unconscious meaning and societal implications that occur in the heady mix between ariel's sweetness and mars's unyielding foot care (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's amazing Uh uh-huh 
This is followed by Explody Joe and Rachel's Laughing Channel. (laughs) (laughs) The Double the Fun Channel with a pair of notable one-woman laugh-a-thon Rachel and the more reserved Explody Joe to watch all of the other channels and laugh a lot in Rachel's case, or laugh a little in Exploding Joe's case. <laughs> I do laugh way too much. I probably should cut That's some so of my good. laughing. No, um, it's great. I probably should, to be honest. Okay, so can Rachel ever get Exploding Joe to really go for a belly laugh? Oh, <laughs> you have no idea how... It's like, hard. I feel like Doug really knows and understands us that, like, honestly, whenever Jody is on here, like, I would say 85% of my brain is just trying to make Jody laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it always feels like such a victory when I get a good laugh out of her, uh-huh. but like, uh, yeah, I really want to like really make her laugh. So, <laughs> correct. I would, I would definitely sign up for this this uh, channel. All right, and finally, Sarah's drinking game channel. <laughs> oh, perfect, mm-hmm. Sarah, with a selection of guests and a multi variety booth, hit the sauce each time that Ariel wiggles her pinky toe. When Mars closes her eyes or turns her head away from the screen, when Matilda uses her voluminous vocabulary vociferously, or when Rachel guffaws raucously, but Jody, exploding Joe, mildly giggles, alcohol sales will go through the roof. In any case, I see solid economic potential in all of these channels. Keep up the good work, Doug. Oh my God. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Ah, see her I go laughing again. I have to yes. stop. I feel like he has uh, his finger on the pulse of the Zombie Girl Network. He really does. He really I mean, honestly, does. Rachel, your laugh was the reason I continued listening to the Zombie Girls podcast before really? I joined. Aww, yeah, it's a great you just had the best I'm laugh. So, it was, um, yeah. Oh God, when I hear it, I know we all are critical of ourselves when we hear yeah. ourselves in recordings, but I cringe a little bit. <laughs> No, oh, you should. That's very nice of you, you to say. Thank it's you. Because like, the, the Sarah white, does the, not the give white... bullshit. Like, make you feel better. Like compliments. Like, no, they, no, she, no. You, that's So real. you really mean that? That's real shit. No, my yeah. my my wife has a friend, and I have straight up told her her laugh is like somebody's sodomizing a dolphin. Oh, oh no! Okay, oh, and she flat out admits her laugh is a deal breaker because I can't stand her laugh. Like, I love her to death, but I can't stand her laugh. <laughs> oh no! And, like, you know, when we were all young and single, there'd be dudes that were like, I love her laugh. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Have you heard her laugh? <laughs> well, now you, can, now you know you can trust Sarah. <laughs> yes, I'm at least above a sodomizing dolphin laugh. Like, that is, is my, I'm happy to <laughs> no, say. I, I, I've always loved your laugh, Rachel. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. All right. My face is like, my cheeks are hurting. Okay. Um... All right. So yes, like Doug, if you have some, if you have a bazillion dollar idea, please drop yeah, them in the emails. <laughs> yes. We want to hear them. Or even if you have a five dollar idea, I'll take it. Sure. Um, Especially when that money. lets me buy a doc, have an excuse to buy a Dr. Melfi suit. I'm all in. Oh my god. <laughs> you would look so good. Oh my god. I need to see if there's a Dr. Melfi reface. <laughs> yes, do it. Oh my god. Yeah, so drop us a line at like I said at Rachel at zombiegirls.com. Hit us up on the Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Instagram at ZG Podcasts plural. If you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. If you're looking for something spooky dookie to watch tonight, check out our video on demand and streaming calendars on the Zombie Girls website. And if you are looking for some, like, to revamp the old wardrobe, to like, we're coming out of 
a year of being locked away and you're ready to reemerge like like a butterfly from a chrysalis you want to be looking your best you're going to want to go to t public and check out our merch at tpublic.com forward slash zombies dash girls dash podcast and that's girls g-r-r-l-z and if you love us really really love us you can support us with our patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls you get lots of really sweet perks like you get extended episodes on every podcast on our network you get bonus episodes and you get to hang out with us on the daily on our discord which trust me you want to do yes <laughs> because the like is it, it, it real funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also so many cat photos who doesn't like a cat photo yes. so many cat photos so many cat photos all right awesome so that just leaves our streaming pick for this episode and i am picking something that i actually recommended on the last episode it's shutter and that is the movie sun and oh okay it's s-o-n or s-o-u-n s-o-n as in father son mother son you know that kind of jam right okay so the synopsis is when a young boy falls ill to a mysterious illness his mother must decide how far she will go to protect him from terrifying forces from her past and uh, spoiler alert, the answer is pretty fucking far. <laughs> so okay. definitely check that out. It's one I just said kind of had um, True Detective vibes. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And culty kind of stuff. Culty that content. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. I got to watch that now that it's on Shutter. Awesome. I, I'm looking forward to I You guys haven't seen it yet, so I'm, I want additional opinions. Cause I okay. Maybe I've overhyped it and you're going to be like, it was fine. But I feel like... I feel like you guys should see it. Let me know what you think. All right. So unless you're sticking around for the extended episode, that's pretty much it for us today. But before we go, let's do a quick tease. What are we going to be covering on this extended episode, Matilda? Uh, So after our book club read of My Sweet Audrina, we are going to be covering the Lifetime movie. Yes. (laughs) And we have a lot to say. We all have some pretty strong feelings about it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right, Matilda, take us out. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Zombie Girls today and joining us for some excellent parasite horror. Giant heart eyes, heart eyes, heart eyes. Thank you, Sarah, for picking these movies. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening and to all my co-hosts for waking up early every month just to talk about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly. Our theme song for the show is 80s Halloween Horror by Megan McDuffie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode where shit really gets real. Because <laughs> we're all family at this point, so we, we, we can say whatever we want. Okay, so... We have been watching or reading My Sweet Adrena, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, book done, moving on. Incorrect. Incorrect. There is still one more piece of media that we needed to enjoy. So as a group watch last night, we all got together and watched Lifetime's adaptation of My Sweet Adrena. We sure did. Yes. That was a thing we did. <laughs> yes, we did. So Matilda, I will turn it over to you, my friend. All right. So... We've been going on this journey together, right? Because Rachel and I read this 
as kids. And then um, Ariel and Sarah had not read this because, as we've said, they were raised right. Um, (laughs) Did not did not do this to themselves or were not allowed to do this to themselves as kids. Um, So it turns out that uh, on a revisit, this is, as you may have seen in previous episodes, this book is far worse than we remembered. Um, But we still wanted to watch the movie. You can go back to our last. You've got to do it. You have to. Yeah. 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 Like in for a penny, in for a pound. Watch the movie. (laughs) Right. So uh, we got to, it was made for Lifetime, uh, and because I think that Lifetime started with Flowers in the Attic and kind of when Lifetime was like figuring out who they were, like finally getting clarity yeah. about who they were, they started making things that were a little bit campier um, with varying levels of success overall, I would say, um, as a channel. And so we wanted to dip in and see what this My Sweet Audrina movie was like and like how could they possibly do this for tv right like there's so much in here oh yeah there's so many scenes that you're like there's no way lifetime is gonna do this that you're like they're not gonna take that risk how are they gonna do it but i i of course still want to see so what did you all Mm -hmm. think what the fuck was that (laughs) (laughs) that's my question too (laughs) i mean look okay like when 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 it got filmed and it was like oh this one's gonna be more more true adaptation to the book I was like oh fuck how are they gonna film that scene what are they gonna do about that scene like 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 seriously this was like if somebody went through my sweet Audrina and was like they 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 cut it out so it would be like good for like fundamentalist christians and and mormons (laughs) and not to insult any of uh, anybody in in those religious sects it's just that like you know like they cut out all the meat and yeah that's not what we came here for right yeah we're we're here for we're here for the meat and bones not like a little bit of fried skin off in the corner gross Yeah, I, I think Matilda nailed it when she was like, "How are they going to do this?" And the answer is, they're just not not, not well, yep. and not at all. <laughs>